welcome to our next episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler. And on Simon Says Let's Talk Business, we talk to very, very high-profile business professionals, high-performing business professionals who have great skills and who share those uh, skills, ideas, and concepts with us and their best practices so we can listen and learn, take notes, and get to know really smart people. So do that today uh, because our guest is going to share some things with you, and especially if you have anything to do with security of your networks and your infrastructure, you'd better listen up, take some notes, because you're going to want to talk to Ken later. Of course, as always, at the end of our show, we'll spend a few minutes uh, talking about a letter or an email sent to me from a listener asking about sales in our Ask Al segment. So today we have Ken Fee. Welcome, Ken. Thanks, uh, Al, for having me. Absolutely. Ken Fee is the founder and CEO of BTA, Business Technology Architects. And yes. You, you do. It's a mouthful. It is. A, I like to say BTA. <laughs> Are you okay with BTA is fine with me. Excellent. Yes. Okay. And you've been doing this for quite a few years? Yeah, yeah. We started BTA in uh, 2010. It's, uh, it's been an interesting journey. All right. And I love your mission. Ken, your mission is to meet customers where they are, simplify complex technology deployments. All right, can you explain what is a complex technology deployment and how do you simplify it? So today's technology world, there's a hundred different things going on when you're delivering an application for your users, you know, your internal Mm -hmm. users, your customers. Uh, You have to worry about securing it. You have to worry about performance. You have to worry about... So many things. You know, where are you storing data? How are you securing that data? Right. And there's just a lot of moving parts in that. And, you know, I was a Marine for uh, just under 13 years. And, and I spent the last eight years of that time really focused on uh, simplifying technology deployments because we had to do it 20, 30 times a year. Okay. Uh, so we had to standardize things. And yeah. uh, we had to make it so that anybody could follow a set of procedures and, and go out and execute. And... In the you know in the commercial world now, and I've been in the commercial world uh, going on 25 years now. Been on okay. the Marine Corps since 1998, but there's you, there's seen some changes. In yeah, technology. you know it's wow. you know you know we go from Y2K and everybody worrying about <laughs> I remember know, two digit dates. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know the economy's changed. You know yeah. the economy's driven on data and information now. Right. It's, it's you know we're very much a service and information economy versus right now we're not. We've had manufacturing challenges, obviously. <laughs> yes. Supply chain, so, inflation, yeah. Yeah, but when it comes to simplification, you know, over the years, organizations tend to develop things or deploy things in ways to solve a problem of immediacy. Right. Uh, versus solving a problem strategically. And when you solve, and you don't, you know, a lot of times you're, you know, basically you're trying to put out a fire. Okay. You're trying to, you know, you know deploy a new claims management system or deploy a new front-end web, you know, web-facing portal for your customers. And and then you start layering features on top of these things. And and now, you know, we've got all these cyber threat actors. Oh, yes. You know, there's a cyber, you know, there's some kind of ransomware or cyber attack that we get news about, what, two to three times a week, it feels like. And so the more complexity you add to those environments, the harder it is to secure it and to know how to how to operate and maintain it. And so, you know, our, our approach to this is to, you know, look at problems architecturally, define what an architecture is, and then figure out what are the technologies that you need to plug into that architecture 
so that you can operate and deliver the services that your your organization needs to deliver. So, you, so you're talking about these these uh, layers, and that's the architecture you're talking about. Different yeah. layers. Yeah, absolutely. Like of your systems. Okay. Yeah, it's it's network architecture, it's application architecture, it's security mm -hmm. architecture. Okay. Uh, you know, there's there's so many facets of this. Yeah, so it's the idea is to to secure the data. Absolutely. Right? Keep it uh, safe from from uh, viruses and malware and just you know, bad actors, Yes, but also make it easy for your people and your customers to work with you. Yeah, you can make a very secure network that nobody could use, or yeah. you could, you know, it's security is, it's a cost-benefit analysis, you know, it's, what's it cost you to secure your environment? You know, we've seen customers that have had their whole, whole infrastructure locked up by ransomware, Oof. and it's taken them six eight, ten weeks to recover, and basically their yeah. businesses are shut down for those periods of so time. So they, they have to pay up? and They either have to pay up or they just have to start from scratch, and yeah. that's, you know, that can destroy a business. You, you could go out of business. I can imagine. So that's what your customers pay you for is to make sure that it doesn't happen? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. You know, that's, yeah. you know, big part of that security piece. You know, the other piece of that is, what is you know, what's the cloud? You know, what do you yeah. do in your own infrastructure, on your, you know, on your own premise or in a co-location data center or do yeah. you go to Amazon or Azure or Google okay. and, and consume cloud services? And the answer is probably some of both for most customers. Okay. Very few customers go all in on cloud. Right. So it's, you know, we, we find that hybrid strategies are the gateway to simplification and modernizing applications. Okay. So what kinds of companies and people do you work with, Ken? We work with Fortune 500 companies all the way down to software startups really uh, yes wow yeah it's so just about anybody uh what we do around security and infrastructure yeah. everybody needs it yeah. everybody everybody has that business requirement okay. and you know there's probably more of our customers right now are very focused on securing their data and their workloads you know everybody's got virus protection right virus protection hasn't stopped ransomware <laughs> the the bad actors are getting more sophisticated yeah. more quickly yeah. and you know there are there are approaches that you can take yeah. to help secure that information or help defend the network or defend the workload right and you know we've done a great job of training users to not click on links but a user will always click on a link <laughs> if, it's, if it's blue <laughs> if it's blue and somebody wants to give them a free ipad they're going to click on it right right and you know that's that's one of those things it's it's a constant reinforcement with the end user and so the last line of defense is where those where that data and those workloads live and it's in your data center or in your cloud uh your cloud instance where your workloads are running and that's your most critical data you know i could lose a laptop tomorrow and it's not a big deal but if I lost my CRM or I lost all, all the financial information for the last 10 years of my company, that's hard to replace data, especially, you know, and yes, there's backups, but if the, yeah. if the system's compromised, is the backup good? Yeah. You know, when did it get compromised? Right. A lot of these threats happen six, nine, 12 months before, right. you know, they infiltrate six, nine, 12 months before they actually yeah. execute. And so if you don't have a good backup for over 12 months, then where are you? Yes. So you're not, you're not selling software or, or hardware. You're, you're consulting with people, helping them to figure out how to structure it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Our, we, we've taken the, the approach that we don't want to be 
any one vendor's mouthpiece. Um, you know, there are vendors that we know very well and we're very familiar with, but we also understand where their strengths and their weaknesses are. Mm-hmm. And so when we get brought in to a customer to work with them on an engagement, we're like, okay, what do, you know, what's the business objective? And if we talk about what the business objective is, then we can start layering in what's the right technology. Okay, so and you can it, reverse engineer. Yeah, and, you okay. know, it's, but you know, I, I don't think about it as reverse engineering. I think about it as going about it the right way. A lot of times, yeah. technology gets purchased, and then they try to figure out how to solve a problem with yes. what they bought. Yes, and and we we get brought into our share of those kind of engagements. Also, uh, it's not uncommon, but it's 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 a unique approach. Uh, we do a lot of mentoring and teaching along the way. I've I've been in the education business from you know from the time you know I worked at Cisco for six years Cisco Systems okay and when yeah. I left there I worked for a training company and we were really good at doing training but we weren't tremendous at doing professional services or consulting okay and so when I left that company I that's when we founded BTA because we wanted to lead with architecture consulting so that we could proactively solve a problem versus reactively solve a problem. So go about it the right way. Let's figure yeah. out what we're trying to accomplish, and then let's figure out what it needs to look like. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, the range of companies you mentioned that you work with, a lot of those folks have people already on staff that are supposed to do network and security. and They do. Why would they need you? Um, it's, it's really about transformational technologies like mm. – in the in the data center, used to manage a lot of things very disparately. We'd we if we had a hundred devices, we'd have to log into a hundred devices and go manage them. <laughs> yeah. And now there's a thing called software defined networking, and we're very, I guess you'd call us very deep in that technology, and that we help customers make a transition from a traditional networking environment to a software defined networking environment, and that's changing an operating paradigm for network engineers that have known how to do these things for 10, 20 years. But plus. theoretically, it makes their life easier, though, right? It does mm-hmm. if they're willing to adopt you know, more of a, it's almost mm-hmm. like adopting a software development methodology versus a infrastructure operations methodology. And then on the security side, it's those, those threats evolve so quickly. And you can, you can deploy a firewall, you can deploy virus protection, you can deploy data loss prevention kind of tools. But really, I would say in the last three to four years, technology's gotten to a maturity level where NIST, National Institute of Standards, NIST 800, is the, uh, they publish a, uh, a security framework. Okay. And the security framework calls for what we call zero trust. It used to be you would block what you know was bad, and then you'd allow everything else, which is the somewhat... So there's more and more bad every day, right? <laughs> there's more and more bad every day. <clears throat> and so... Now we take the approach of what should these applications be doing, who should they be talking to, on what ports and protocols, and then we just say, okay, this is what's allowed, everything else is denied. And that is the, that's the most clear path to actually mitigating risk around any kind of uh, cyber threat. That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, let's keep everybody out until they can prove that they belong in. Yeah, they need to authenticate. Yeah. There's there's a lot of components to zero trust, and it, it really spans an enterprise. It's, zero trust isn't a product. It's a strategy. It's a it's an architecture. Okay. Is that the, the next big buzzword, zero trust, or is what, uh, else, it's, is, yeah, what it, else is coming? It is one of the current, you know, it's, it's one of the current buzzwords, and I think most people in the security industry are trying to articulate how they – how they support your zero trust initiatives. 
So they're okay. So they're trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know, there's there's authentication products, there's okay. encryption products, there's oh okay. Uh, you know, I put users into groups, and that group's allowed to access this particular server or system okay. or set of data on the. Excuse me, <clears throat> a little bit of uh, airplane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we need hangover. to probably tell our listeners that you had the, you had the red eye. Last I had the night. red eye night last yeah. night from Vegas, so yeah, you know okay. it's a week in Vegas, and now I'm back in Atlanta. So. It's sharp as a tack. Yeah, you yeah. Know, hey, I was yeah. ring. You know, there you go. Always <laughs> ready. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so if a company thinks they might want to work with BTA, but their current IT team doesn't really have the bandwidth or experience level to handle it, can they still work with you? Or what does that look like? Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, our core work commission. You know, like we want to meet yeah. customers where they are, and right. some customers are they're overwhelmed. You know, there's tremendous technology talent shortage i've heard that in in yes. the u.s and and globally and it's it's yeah. it's hard to make these people so our our approach to services is always always to be mentoring who we're working with and most of the time we get brought in because we know x or y very very well and we can prevent you know when i say prevent we can we can head off challenges at the pass in that we've done this a hundred times we do this every day all day Yes. And so our goal is to help customers avoid mistakes, avoid going down a rat hole or painting themselves in a corner or yes. whatever whatever other analogy you'd like to use there. But we've all been, you know, we've all done that, hey, I wish I would have done it differently. And what we bring to the table is a ton of experience. Yeah. Um, we, we're very focused on process. You know, we, we've built a, a service delivery methodology that builds in a lot of checkpoints for us along the way where... We're very clear about what the expectations are at the beginning. Okay. We define those. We document them to get the customer to sign off on them before we move into the next phase. And, you know, so that's... You know, it, that's the simplify part, right? Yeah, that's the simplify part. Yeah. And our, and our, our, our methodology is called simple. It's okay. It's start, immerse, map, prove, launch, and evolve. That's actually an acronym, simple. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, you All know, right. we, we made that... Well, because... About 2016, 2017, we're probably doing 70 or 80 projects a year uh, with a very small team, less than 30 people. And every project was a little bit different. And right. Project managers were different. Engineers were doing different things. And what we found was 90 to 95% of all the things that we were doing needed to be the same. And that 5 to 10% was vocabulary. You know, you call that uh, vertical vertical vocabulary if you had that then you could say yeah I'm, I'm a good i'm good in medical i'm good in finance or insurance or defense or wherever it may be makes sense and you know that's just core to what everybody has infrastructure everybody has security needs so right. what you call it you know i don't care I, I i care but i don't care you know it's yeah. one of those if i know what you call it i can help normalize your vocabulary so basically <laughs> what you're saying ken is that you, when you come in with a to a company that has a current set of people and infrastructure you're going to simplify it, make it more effective, and then teach the people to be able to handle it from there. Yeah, we're trying to help them onboard something. They bought yeah. a new data center platform or they bought a new security platform. Yeah. We want to help them get that platform deployed and operational as quickly as possible. We want them to be prepared to operationalize it because, you, you know, you have to care and feed for things. and You have to do regular maintenance. You have to do checks. You have to do capacity planning. And a lot of technology resale companies they sell you something like here you know here's your box right and they're like okay we'll see you later 
Um, <laughs> and then the customer is left to figure it out. And sometimes yeah. it gets adopted and sometimes it doesn't. You know, it's, it, it could be perceived as, ba- you know, very, very bad or very, very good depending on the experience. And sometimes it's, it's down to the individual who was put in, part, in charge of the project. If they're a go-getter and they want to figure it out, they're going to make it go great. If there's somebody that's like, I've got 10 other projects on my plate. I'm not terribly excited about this. I'd like to do something else. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah. a, uh, it's a exercise in influencing people. Because a haphazard deployment is an ineffective deployment. It's ineffective and it will create fires. It'll create mm. service outages and service outages are, are dollars. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, well, this is Al Simon with Sandler, and the show is Simon Says Let's Talk Business, and we've been talking with Ken Fee. Ken is the founder and CEO of Business Technology Architects, BTA. And Ken, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, and I'm pretty sure a bunch of them do, what's the best way? They go to gobta.com, G-O-B-T-A.com. Okay. That was our website. Um, Gobta.com. Or they can send an email to sales at gobta.com. Oh, you said my favorite word, sales. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sales at BTA.com. GoBTA.com. Go, I'm sorry. Yeah. I messed up. Say sales at GoBTA.com. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, uh, or they can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm I'm on all the social media, yeah. you know, LinkedIn, Twitter. Ken uh, Fee, F-E-E. Yeah. yeah. Foxtrot Echo Echo. Uh, it's entirely there too simple. Go. There you go. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, Ken, thanks for being with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Fascinating business, and I'm sure you do it very, very well. And I'll bet you have happy customers because they don't get attacked, right? Correct. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, now it's time for us to transition to our Ask Al segment. We uh, have listeners who uh, send in uh, questions about sales or sales management, and we select one each each, uh, show to answer uh, here on the air. Uh, and by the way, if you have a question, anybody of our listener audience who has a question on sales or sales management, and they want to submit it for me to answer on the air, then you can send it to al.simon at sandler.com, al.simon at sandler.com. And today the question, Ken, is uh, I, am a, I am two years from a business degree. Should I consider a career in sales? Ha. Huh. Run as fast as you can. Go to, go to the Marines first. I don't know. Do something else. Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love sales. I love yeah. talking to customers and talking to people. And yeah. if, if you like talking to people, and, uh, and and it's not just about talking. It's more about listening. Mm-hmm. If you like listening to people go. and and hearing what where their where their challenges are, and then trying to put together a solution yeah. to solve that problem, you'd be a great salesperson. Well, the problem we have in our in our in my industry, Ken, is that is that people who are in these typically young people, folks like this, this could be, a, I don't know, this could be a middle-aged person that's, that's gone back to college to get a business degree. But, you know, you could, you could think about it as this way. People say, hey, you should be in sales. And why do they usually say that? Because that person has the gift of gab, as we used to call it, right? They're, they're good at talking. It's like, ah, you should be in sales. And, and it's actually the opposite of what you just said. There's, they're, they're, if they, they'd be better off if they were good at listening. But anyway, the overall question here is, should I consider a career in sales? And, and, and here's what I find. I find that there's two types of folks out there who consider a career in sales. Uh, the first type I call salespeople, right? And the second type I call sales professionals. And there's a big difference. Salespeople typically are looking for a job. Right? They want a job. They're not sure if they should uh, be a sales job or not. 
but they heard that's, that many sales jobs are high paying, which is true, by the way. Uh, you look at all the different studies about professions and what, the, what they people make, and on average, sales is usually at or near the top. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so you can make money in sales. You can do that. You can also wash out in a half a year and, and you know, now you know, find yourself waiting tables. So here's a, not that there's anything wrong with waiting tables. I should be politically correct here. But bottom line is a lot of folks that I come across as a trainer and coach aren't really committed to the profession of sales. They're not really committed to it. And so, therefore, they're already halfway out of sales, you know, if they're not really committed to it because they're not really going to put all they need to, to put into it because it's, it's tough. It is a tough, tough job, all right, especially – if there are no good inbound leads, you got to go generate your own, right? And and uh, people don't want to talk to salespeople, so then it's all about you know email, blah blah blah. If you don't know how to make it happen live, you're exchanging emails, which makes you a commodity when you do that. Which means that you're not low pro- low cost provider. You're going to lose anyway. People have no idea how to turn that around. It's a tough tough job, and so a lot of folks who go into sales as a salesperson don't make it. In fact, most of them don't. But there are people who go into sales, a sales career, as a, uh, looking to be a sales professional. What does that mean? That means just like in your business, Ken, you've you know, you got to get certifications. You've got to have ongoing education. You've got to be really com- be committed to growing your skills and processes, knowledge base. Same thing with professional salespeople. They need to be uh, committed to growing their skills, committed uh, to high performance, and uh, cons- consistently uh, up in the game. And, and when, when people do that, they do well in sales. So you want a career in sales? Really, really go after it. You want just a job? Don't try sales. <laughs> and that's the sales tip for today on our Ask Al segment. This is Al Simon with Sandler. The show is Simon Says Let's Talk Business. Ken, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. It's been great. And as always, folks, good selling. Good selling.